Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. It is happening. That is where we are going in September. You know, we're finding out from everybody in the, the world of travel, especially golf travel, that people are deciding at the last minute where they're going and what they're doing now. And in September, we are going here to this paradise of Boeing Golf. You know, I love the place. Absolutely love it. I love it any season that you can get up there. But that's the Bay Harbor Inn where we're going to be staying. We're going to be staying at some of the cottages that sit alongside of it. You can see them there to the left if you're watching on your television screen around the world. In front of that inland sea that is Lake Michigan. And, and there's a really good shot of the cottages. And we're going to have a, we're calling this a family reunion. Everybody in the Fairways of Life family can not wait until we are back to this paradise of 10 golf courses. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But first, I want you to hear from somebody that opened with a great round yesterday. Justin Thomas at the Scottish Open opens at six under par, only one shot back of the lead. So we open the Fairways of Life show on this Friday with these beautiful scenes from Boyne Golf. And we switch over to Justin Thomas to hear what his thoughts were on playing at this uh, Scottish Open and how happy he was with the round, although at times he didn't look too a chipper. Yeah, it was um, Yeah, it, it was weird. I probably am going to have to kind of sit back and think about how I uh, how it was. I mean, obviously 600 is great. I'd, I'd love that every round of golf I played. I mean, bogey-free made it made it pretty stress-free. Um, just, uh, you know, I was a little upset or disappointed with some of the iron shots I hit. I felt like I could have hit them closer, but uh, it was nice to, um, to play that last hole as well as I did to hopefully... So- generate some momentum the speed on the greens had a hard time i think all of us did had a hard time getting them to the hole on some of them um so i just kind of getting accustomed to that i felt like a couple putts if i would have had the speed correct i would have made but overall i rolled the ball well i drove it pretty well had a couple just drives that were a little loose but for the most part uh just a solid day and when you have a golf course that you expect that you might get wind on that's one of the reasons why they'll actually slow down the speed of the greens it was windy yesterday right now there's barely a breath of wind uh here in i'm in england so obviously i'm south of them but you can see the way the fronts are working around the island welcome one and all yes i am live uh, once again from sandwich england in advance of the open here and enjoying all of the golf john rom was five under par after the opening round yesterday remember now john rom's coming off winning the u.s open he's got a new baby at home he's got a lot going on in his life so how was he able to adjust so well to playing at the scottish open yesterday and how did he feel it went of course i am yeah it's uh you know uh it can be difficult to follow a tournament after accomplishing something big like I did. Um, and I did take some time off after the win and then getting back into it. It's a little bit easier in Arizona when it's warm, the body's warm, and there's very low air density, so the ball goes very straight right, and very far. So it's a little bit easier to get into it. And, you know, it can be a challenge. Long flight, the body gets a little tight coming to a course where the wind will move the ball a lot. and. You know, little mistakes can be magnified quite a bit, right? So it's, I didn't have my best feel out there, but after that first tee shot, which was probably about as bad a tee shot I can hit, uh, feeling wise as well, I just told myself, you know, just really trust the visualization process, see the shot, trust the shot, and trust that your body can do it. And it really worked out, you know? Sometimes you just gotta get out of your own way. I'm not going to lie, I think I might have missed that first tee shot because I'm there sitting with Rory, great player, JT, a great player, and I get announced as world number one, race to Dubai leader, and U.S. Open champion, right? And they just said, you know, Rory McIlroy and JT, so I was just a little surprised by it. I didn't expect it, and, you know, my ego might have got a little bit too big, tried to hit a little too hard on one. Uh, it, it feels great, you know. It's uh, it's a great way to start my, my trip to Europe in the U.K., and great way to start my, my first time here in, in Aberdeen. 
for those of you watching us around the world in the television side, you saw the leaderboard that Andrew put up there. That is now through two rounds of golf for both John Rahm and Justin Thomas. They just completed their second round. John Rahm was six under par today to stand atop the leaderboard at 11 under par overall. He has a one or two shot lead, pardon, over George Coetzee, along whom he was tied for most of the day until his flourish. So nine under is second place for Coetzee, third place at eight under par. There you find Justin Thomas. He was two under today, and he's three shots off the pace. He shares that mark alongside of Ian Poulter, who was three under today. He is eight under par. You're going to be hearing from Ian Poulter and from Lee Westwood still coming up on the show today. We have a major championship to bring you up to speed on. You're going to hear from the winners there as well, and we're going to get you up to speed on what's going on on the LPGA. So lots to talk about in today's show, plus a really intriguing story. If, if you're a golf historian, if you're a huge fan of Ben Hogan, which obviously we are here on the Fairways of Life show, there is the prospect of wonder, was Ben Hogan robbed of a U.S. Open title? We'll get into the details of the same and we'll speak to an author of a book that claims that that is exactly what happened to Ben Hogan, who is still fourth all time in the list, tied in that position alongside of Gary Player for major championships, one with nine to his credit. There you can see the leaderboard from the John Deere that Andrew is putting up behind me as well. Munoz and Hadley, both on the mark of eight under par. You're going to hear from leaders of that event coming up in a moment. But first, we are absolutely delighted. You saw us open the show today because we're so pumped up about it. If I if I asked you, I don't care where you're watching us around the United States, around North America, around the world, or where you're listening to us. If I asked you what month is your favorite time of year, a lot of you are going to say September. So we looked at it and said, you know what? Let's go to one of our favorite places in the world and let's go in September. The weather's going down a little bit, depending on where you are. The leaves might be changing just a tiny bit. It's a perfect time of year to play golf. So on the 8th of September, we are going back to Boyne. In a lot of ways, I feel like we're going back home because it is a place where you can feel so comfortable all the time. Ken Griffin is joining us. He's a director of sales and marketing at Boyne Golf. Ken, how are you? Welcome. Really good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing very well. Welcome. Welcome to England. Oh, I like that setup you got there with the Boyne flag up above you. That's that's first class, well, my traveling. man. You're traveling. You couldn't have yours, so I figured I'd put mine up in the background. I love it. Yeah, mine is permanently in our in our studio now and looking great behind uh, behind all the clubs and all the rest. So we are super excited about this trip, as you know. I don't know if you heard me saying when the show first came on, Ken, that what we're seeing in general in the industry with with golf bookings is that people. It, it, it used to be standard before COVID that if you didn't give people six months to plan a trip, they weren't going to go on that trip. But now we're seeing that people are deciding, you know what, I'm ready to go right now. Uh, things are changing with COVID. Things are looking better with COVID. I know in Michigan that you guys have really opened up and, and removed the restrictions, et cetera. I think we might get a few more people on this trip to up to Boyne with where we're at with everything right now. What are your thoughts? Well, we think people were waiting too. Um, you know, we had good early bookings. In fact, it's, it's a really strong season. Um, as Bernie, you know, our friend, um, has said that we took last year and just propelled off the end of last year to make it even better than it was before. And so going into this year, we've had strong bookings, but we see the same thing. Uh, people were waiting, wondering. They were pretty sure they just weren't re ready to pull the trigger. And, you know, we scheduled this trip later, partly in hope that we would have less restrictions. And thankfully, we have. Uh, from a golf standpoint, we've had a very normal year. I mean, rakes in bunkers, no foam in the cups, sand on the carts, every, everything that we're used to normally. Um, and on the lodging side, we started with some restrictions in food and beverage and lodging. But as of about three weeks ago, Michigan removed all restrictions. So there's no masks. There's no limitations indoor or outdoor for dining. So you can enjoy, I know, uh, a dinner on Vintage Patio or overlooking Deer Lake um, at Boyne Mountain. So it, it's great to be returning to normal. Yeah, indeed. And as you could probably see, Ken, on the television side and the feed that you're getting back from the studio, we are showing the world glimpses of Boyne Golf. You have 10 golf courses. I mean, take us down the road and let's pretend for a second that nobody knows anything about Boyne Golf and tell us of the wonders. Well, you know, the, it's very centrally located. So we have 10 courses 
all the high quality. Some win awards, some don't win as awards. Um, we're looking over the uh, the Lynx course there. So Lynx Quarry is a top 100 course, as well as the Heather is another top 100 public course and the National Golf Course Owners Course of the Year two years ago. But really what we look for is, is also the variety. So it's not just magnificent golf, but it's also that we've got mountain courses. We've got lakeshore courses. Uh, we've got courses created in wetlands, a quarry course. So there's just so much terrain variety in, in close proximity there to Petoskey that, you know, from, from, the, from where we're staying at the Inner Bay Harbor, you're no more than 20 minutes from any one of the 10 courses, but just a tremendous amount of variety. Yeah, indeed. And when you talk about the tremendous amount of variety, you're also talking about world-class uh, architects. Ar obviously, Arthur Hills, I'm a huge fan of Arthur Hills. He was a dear friend of mine, uh, God rest his soul, who we lost recently. Uh, but what he did on your property and then what you guys did with the Donald Ross course, which I think it's, when you look at that Donald Ross course and you consider the fact that they went back to courses, they pick 18 holes, right? And then they fly mm -hmm. around the country, and they get the original designs of these holes, folks. And, and then they bring them in and they find topography that matches the holes, all part of the process, but they design it to Donald Ross's specs. I think in some cases, the holes that you created now, because people change holes generally over time, but you went back to the original in a lot of ways, yours, your place is like a Donald Ross museum. It's awesome. Yeah, it's um, in fact, there's one that we're working on right now. Uh, number one, uh, which is Seminole number six. We didn't get that quite as right as we would have liked to. So yeah. and, and actually it's in good shape right now. But we, we try to have projects to make it better or if we think we can make it better than it originally was, um, you know, from what we built or what we try to replicate. But overall, um, I think the other thing people say is not only is it 18 great Donald Ross holes, but they just play well as a course. If we didn't tell you that this was a replica from holes all over the world, you wouldn't know it. 100% true. We would not know it. Now, the other amenities that are available through Boyne Golf and the three different resorts up there, and I'm noting this not only for the people that are coming with us who want to play golf, Ken, but for those that might be bringing someone else along with them, maybe they're not necessarily a golfer at all, but they want to take in all the things that are available to do there that are fun. Could you kind of take us through some of the options that people have? Well, it, it starts, I think, with the with the climate that we have or the weather we have. I mean, being far western side of the, the eastern time zone and as far north as we are, um, you know, it, it you can start playing golf at 6.30 or 7 in the morning. Um, right now, you can play until 10 o'clock at night. Um, and, and the weather is typically 70 to 75 degrees. So it starts off with great weather. But from a amenity standpoint, it's four, we have four season resorts. So, you know, we have our own fly fishing guide service and our own private trout waters that you can come in on. Um, all three of the resorts have spas. Um, in fact, Michigan's largest day spa is at Boy Mountain. It's 18,000 square foot day spa. Um, you know, zip lines, Segway tours, horseback trail rides, mountain biking, uh, and whether you want to do the work or you want to get an electronic bike, all that's available. So if you have an activity, we probably have a way for you to do that to enjoy the time there whenever you're not on the course. Oh, that is awesome. Now, when we're talking about not being on the course and not being in an activity, whether it's at the spa, whether it's at one of these wonderful restaurants, whether it's chilling out in your luxury room, let's talk about some of the accommodations that are available, whether it's people going on our trip or whether they're making their own trip to Boyne Golf. It, it, because the array of amenities in these rooms and, and the availability of the same uh, is pretty stout. Well, we have over 3,400 beds available and from over 100 different room types at the three at the three properties. So whether you want to stay in a hotel, a standard hotel room or a Marriott autograph, uh, you know, the Inn Bay Harbor where, where the trip is going to is, is a Marriott autograph collection hotel and, and actually was just recently rated their number one intent to return of all the Marriott autographs. So it, it was a great honor for them. Um, but, you know, we have condos, townhouses, cottages. We have them on the course, in the village, or you can get them on the water. So just a wide variety of, of lodging options to suit your needs, uh, whether you're coming as a couple, coming as a buddy's trip, um, or bringing a larger group. Perfect. Now, to the point of, of just thoroughly immersing yourself in all the, the, the things that are great about Boeing Golf, you talked about the fact that we could dine outside if we want to. I want to talk a little bit more about the dining options because 
I know whether whether we're talking about going to the pub at, at Boyne Mountain, which I absolutely love, or whether we're talking about having a, a great steak dinner, or in my case last year, I had I had a rack of lambs that that still uh, whispers to me through it when I think about how great it was. Uh, so talk to us about some of the options here too for the foodie people. Well, I mean, w- each resort, um, well, the, the Inner Bay Harbor. So you have um, a great restaurant sitting right there in the middle of the front out on a patio um, in vintage. Um, at, at each of the main resorts, you have at least two or three main restaurants and dining facilities. Um, all told, you probably have about 20 different dining options between the three properties. Wow. It, it sounds like there's it's just so many things for people to do that there's more to do than we certainly can get to in this trip, which is a reason why we love going back. And uh, for example, I go back uh, around the holidays with my family because I love it there so much. And, and there's no better place, uh, I think, to immerse yourself in everything. Believe it or not, when you go, when I go in, in the wintertime and, and it's usually, there's usually snowstorms at that time and they're beautiful <laughs> and you're surrounded by the holidays and Christmas time and decorations and all the rest, uh, they have a water park on property, an enclosed water park. So, and even when, when uh, Ken was talking about Boyne Mountain, he was showing the shot, you saw this pool that looked like it went right to the building. It actually goes into the building. It's a heated pool and there's a massive gymnasium there, which I love, but you can go right from the gymnasium, jump in the pool, go underneath and outside. And I've been out there during, you know, wicked snowstorms, ice storms, and you're, there it is. You're in that heated pool and next to it is a jacuzzi that you can chill out in as well. You know, so it's like your hair freezes, your eyebrows freeze you know, and all the rest, but you're hanging out in, the, in this, this beautiful water. It's just one small thing. Uh, so, Ken, it sounds like it's, it's got it all. I can't wait to get back up there, though, for the golf, too, because of our ability to enjoy so many of these golf courses. And we've left lots of room in the schedule, folks, where if you want to play even more golf than what we have planned. I don't know who's going to do that because – I think you're going to be thoroughly exhausted, but but have at it if that is what you desire. Uh, and bring along someone from your family, if your spouse, if he or she do, don't play golf at all, it, do, it doesn't matter at all. As, as Ken was outlining, there are plenty of things for them to do. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Boeing 2021 is the website where you can get more information. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Boeing 2021. Uh, Ken has agreed to open up some additional space. And I hope we all take advantage of it so we can all hang out together and see each other again through all of this COVID madness and enjoy each other's company built around the game of golf. So, Ken, I know you guys are doing great. I I am so excited about seeing you and everybody else in just short order down the road. And mostly thank you very much for everything you guys are doing and for the time you spent with us today. Well, thanks, Matt. Hey, one other thing that's been a little game changing coming out of COVID because of everybody wanting to get away. The airport in Traverse City that's only about an hour away now has direct from 17 cities. I mean, I don't really? think anybody realizes that Boston, Philly, both D.C. airports, LaGuardia, Atlanta, Dallas. And, and I mean, basically from about three quarters of the country, there's a direct flight into Traverse City now. So it's kind oh, of really? game changing. Not only for this trip, but if you want to have a buddy's trip, it's just so easy to get friends from all over the U.S. to get in here now. It's that's awesome. We got we got an email from a guy just the other day, Ken, and he said, I can't make it on your trip. But me, there's eight of us and we're going up the Boyne because you guys uh, talk about it so much and love it so much. And rightfully so. A question I have for you, though, about those those flights coming into Traverse City. Is it one airline or is it multiple airlines that are serving all these cities direct now? Um. Uh, American, Delta, United, and Allegiant, between the four of them, are flying out of these 17 cities. So it's, it's, there's a fair amount of, like New York is, I think, $265 out of New York round trip. It's really crazy. Wow, this just it keeps getting better and better. Uh, fairwaysoflife.com slash Boeing 2021. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Boeing 2021. We'd love to see you guys. We'd love to hang out with you guys. And we're looking forward to seeing you guys too, Ken Griffin. Thank you very much for your time as ever. Can't wait to see you and Donna. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you very soon. That was Ken Griffin, who's the director of sales and marketing at 
Boeing Golf, and we are super pumped about getting up to Boeing Golf. We're super pumped about making it clear to everybody that they've lifted the COVID restrictions so we can do what we want to, we can have fun, and we can build it all around golf or whatever else uh, that it is that you want to do because there are so many things up there that you can do. The list is virtually endless. All right, pxg.com is where you can go to get more information on PXG, or you can call 844-PLAY. PXG. Check out their new Gen 4 product line, which is absolutely packed with new technology, including the aluminum vapor technology and the X-Core technology. I know that sounds very technical because it is very technical. It's an experience unlike any that you can get with any other golf clubs because nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. PXG, check them out today and make sure when you get an opportunity that you're playing the right golf ball. We love Bridgestone Golf. They've been a partner of the Fairways of Life show for a long time. And the reason why we aligned ourselves with them is because of this simple fact. If if you're going to, it sounds funny, but I'm serious. If you're going to find a golf ball under a tree or in the mud or in the water and immediately put it into play, to me, that's no, this is the one piece of your equipment that you're going to use in every shot. It's no different than finding a random wedge and just playing it or a driver and just playing it. Meanwhile, everybody that knows anything about equipment in the game is speaking to the virtues and make sure that you get custom fit. So the equipment that you use fits your game. You got to do the same thing with your golf ball. Log on to BridgestoneGolf.com and you can go through their V fit to make sure that the golf ball you're playing is perfect for you and your game. Maybe it'll be their new E12 or 38% more surface area touching from the dimples, or maybe it's going to be one of their Tour B with the revolutionary reactive urethane cover. you got a lot of choices, so make sure you make the right one. BridgestoneGolf.com for more. When we come back, we will have more. And one of the big questions that has echoed its way through time was this. Was Ben Hogan robbed? We'll explain. After this, more live from Sandwich, England on the Fairways of Life show on this Friday. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours, and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, I made a superior product, so I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Hi, I'm Brian Hammonds. You country club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. 
the inaugural Country Club National Championship presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando. Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's Blue Course, Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw's Red Course, and Gil Hansen's Black Course. Secluded by thousands of acres, the greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com Welcome back to the Fairway Zone Life Show. Maddie here with you in Sandwich, England, in advance of the Open at just around the corner at Royal St. George's from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, we are getting rain on this Friday, but generally the weather has been absolutely perfect since I've been here, and the prospect is for the weather to be really good the week of the Open, at least when the tournament starts uh, on uh, next Thursday. So for Lee Westwood, certainly there'll be a lot of eyes watching Lee Westwood. Uh, he was coming into the Scottish Open. He's on the golf course right now. He's playing his first hole in the second round, uh, looking for a little bit of prep and a little bit of familiarity, making sure that he was well-rested for the stretch that lies before him. Well, he went out and shot six under par in the opening round, and he had this to say to the same. Yeah, really pleased. Um... I didn't play a lot for a couple of weeks coming in here. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a pretty good rest. I played nine holes a couple of times with Sam. Uh, we had a, we had a little game, and uh, I felt pretty fresh. Um, played yesterday, and you know, just got a feel for the golf course again. I played here a lot. You know, when I lived in Edinburgh a few years ago, it, uh, it, they were kind enough to make me an honorary member, and I came and practiced here a lot. And uh, and the guys are kind to me, and uh, and and have looked after me, and uh, I know the golf course really well. Uh, so I, I read the greens pretty well here and um, you know that, that was the kind of day it was out there today um, you're going to have a, a lot of chances you've got to make your fair share obviously not all of them are going going to go in so you haven't got to fr- get frust- too frustrated first round last year I shot nine under par so you know almost, almost get confidence from that but try and ignore it as well you know don't have a total in your mind because you, you know you're never quite sure uh, I thought the pins were pretty tricky today you know as tough as it could get obviously there's not a lot of wind so you'd expect fairly low scores but uh, you know I'm, I'm happy with 65 600 power and uh, it's a good score to build on for the rest of the week all right 600 par open for Lee Westwood that is the mark that he is starting at today as I just mentioned he's playing his first hole of the day right now 600 par has him three shots uh, I beg your pardon five shots behind the lead currently as uh, the lead is held by John Rahm. Now, Ian Poulter finished at five under par after his opening round, and Ian Poulter had this assessment as to whether he thought it was a good round. It was blemish three in 66. It was a steady round of golf, no real silly mistakes, um, wasn't overly pin hunting. So, you know, it was a decent start, three under through uh, five, I think it was, and... Um, you know, hold a long one on two, which was really nice. Um, and then from there, it was pretty steady. I didn't, I didn't flush it like I didn't have my best, um, but you know, I got it around the golf course in uh, in a good score. Do you know what? It is absolute heaven. I have to be honest. Bacon, sausage, proper English breakfast, proper cup of tea. Uh, I'm dying to go and see mum and dad. Grandma, granddad, uh, it's been way too long, way, way, way too long. So, um, I mean, it's just a lovely time to be in the UK watching good sport, great football and uh, playing nice golf. Uh, Ian Poulter, who was five under par in his opening round, he added three more red numbers to it today. So Poulter stands at eight under par. He is only three shots off the pace right now, talking about how much of a pleasure it is for him to be home. And as you could see in those interviews from yesterday, the weather was beautiful. Everyone was bathed in brilliant sunshine. Today, the clouds are are not so much scattered as they are consistent across the British Isles. It's still warm, at least in this part of England, where I am down in the southeast. I'm about two hours dead east of London, uh, and the temperature is about 68 degrees right now. All right, at the U.S. Senior Open, 
we have a tie to top the leaderboard in Billy Andrade and in Stephen Ames. And for Stephen Ames, it was about, I guess, an overall comfort level. Like a lot of players have, have noticed, that it's an endurance test this week with all the walking of the hills and everything. So we decided to take it very easy this week. And luckily for us, the weather's changed and a cold front's come through and made it nice. And it was very pleasant this morning, which was very comfortable to play and a lot of fun to play. We kind of had a game plan set on where to go. Uh, the main thing for this golf course, I think, is, yeah, if you're in the fairway, it's a plus. Uh, two, you've got to figure out where these pins are on the greens, where you give yourself some of the easiest spots. So you've got to be left of it or right of it, and you don't want to short side yourself because then you're not gonna be, it's going to be tough up and down. Um, so I was, we were diligent in that respect and where to hit it and where not to hit it on, towards the pins. So we did our homework, uh, getting ourselves ready for that, and uh, I hit some quality iron shots today, which helped. All right, Stephen Ames, who is tied for lead currently at the U.S. Senior Open. Excited about our next guest, uh, Peter May, is joining us. Peter is an accomplished author. He's a former Boston Globe sports writer. He worked there for more than two decades, mostly covering the Celtics. And you can do the math. It was during the years when the Celtics were absolutely dominant. Uh, His work has also appeared in many other places, including ESPN, Boston Magazine, WBUR, which is an NPR affiliate in Boston. His most recent book that he has written, and he has written many, most of them about the Celtics, as aforementioned, is available now wherever fine books are sold. The name of the book is The Open Question, Ben Hogan and Golf's Most Enduring Controversy. Uh, Peter, welcome to the program. Let's jump right into this. The first question is the obvious one. What prompted you to write this story? Uh, the main thing that prompted me to write this story, Matt, is that, uh, I didn't know anything about it, uh, when I first started investigating it. And I thought that if that was the case with me, that would probably be the case with a lot of people, probably not the people that, you know, follow you, but, uh, a lot of people that I know, uh, considered themselves to be casual golf fans, knew nothing about this tournament, uh, knew nothing about what happened at this tournament and knew nothing about the controversy that, uh, came came out of it. And so that's what got me going on it. And the more I dug into it, the more I found that it was a, a pretty, you know, kind of juicy story. When you when you say the more you dug into it, it, it does to me sound somewhat like an onion that, that started to get peeled. Obviously, uh, in 1942, during the war years, the USJ announces they're not going to have their competitions uh, during the war, etc., could you kind of set it up for us? I know I, I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal the whole contents of the book because I want people to go out and support you and, and to pick up a copy of your book, uh, folks. It's called "The Open Question: Ben Hogan and Golf's Most Enduring Controversy." But kind of set the stage for us. Um, the stage was set uh, basically on December seventh, nineteen forty-one, and uh, with the bombing of Pearl Harbor and the U.S. entry and official entry into the war, the USDA decided to cancel. It's uh, it, at the time it had four uh, tournaments that it sponsored. The uh, U.S. Open being the only professional one uh, for the basically for the duration of the war. They they said forty two, but they what they meant was that they're not going to hold it again until the war is over. Uh, and instead, what they did is they sp- uh, helped sponsor this tournament in Chicago, the Hail America National Open, which is what which is what it was called. Uh, and they ran it uh, pretty much like a U.S. Open was run. They had uh, two rounds of qualifying. Uh, at, uh, the first round was 69 sites around the country. Uh, then they had uh, a situation involved in Chicago where seven black uh, golfers had registered to uh, try to qualify, were not allowed to participate at the course in, in question, which was Olympia Field. The U.S. Well, uh, backed the club. And, uh, rather than forcing the club to, you know, honor the uh, entry fee and, and let them play or let them try to qualify, they uh, dis- uh, they disapproved of Sam Burge's clubs for uh, non-conforming grooves. They ruled Bobby Jones was a professional for this tournament because of what he had done after he had retired for Warner Brothers. So their fingerprints were basically all over it, uh, and. Uh, and at the end of it, Ben Hogan won it, and he was given a medal that looked a lot like the one that, that the four others that he would eventually win. Uh, and so that's sort of what where where it got going. And then 
you know, then it was picked up by, uh, you know, Hogan's acolytes, and uh, Hogan himself on occasion also said that he thought that uh, it should have counted. Uh, Peter, when you're engaged in, in a journalistic endeavor such as this, particularly one where you're learning as you go along, I take it that you went into this without any preconceived notions as to whether Hogan was robbed of a U.S. Open title in, in spirit or not. Uh, and I'm curious about what it was like for you from an educational standpoint and also from an emotional standpoint after you started to peel back this onion and learn all these different parts. Right. Well, I did. I, I had to go into it with the point of view. Otherwise, it would, it, you know, you wouldn't have like a, a, a book, really. Uh, so you had to have a point of view at, at some point. And so my point of view was that uh, I think that, you know, let's see why this thing didn't count and why it should count. Uh, and so as I, I peeled back the onion, I had to, I had to figure out a way to, to make it more than just about this tournament, about the year of 1942, uh, because just writing about four days in Chicago in June of 1942, I don't think would have been, uh, much of a book. So I had to kind of expand my horizons a little bit. And I focused on four players who were in the tournament, focused on what they did during the war, uh, and then kind of pick them up after the war was over and kind of finish them off uh, uh, player by player uh, on their careers. And also, I had to get into some of the war stuff as well, because what was going on in the United States in 1942, uh, it was pretty grim. Uh, the news was not good from the Pacific Theater. We had not yet uh, gone across the Atlantic, so that was where the action was in terms of the United States, and we were getting you know, pummeled pretty much everywhere. So. Uh, I wanted to put the tournament in like a, a, a you know, in, in and of itself, it was, a, it was a golf event, but there was much more going on around it. Uh, Peter, your writing style, and, and I'm, I'm a New England guy, my family's from uh, Providence, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the work and has been for years, and it's fantastic. But you have this ability to take us back to a point in time. As you duly noted, you gave us the social context. You gave us the world context. You gave us the fact that it was a world that was literally at war with each other. You gave us the context of the, the, the social, what maybe call them social norms that shouldn't have been at the time, et cetera. I'm curious to go from 1942 to 2021. As you were doing all this, I know journalistically you would have followed up with the USGA. What was, what is the position of the USGA now, today, to the prospects that you raised? Uh, it has, they, the organization has not uh, changed its uh, position whatsoever. Uh, obviously, I had to go to them uh, and say, okay, what is your position on this? Why aren't you honoring this as a, as a tournament? And they, they had just released a, a huge a multi multi-page statement uh, in April of 2020, so not that far before I started writing, and uh, to the Chicago uh, District Golf Association magazine because they were writing about the tournament itself and why it didn't count. And so they just forwarded that to me and said everything still stands. And I wrote that in the book. I used the entire statement because I didn't want to be accused of cherry picking or anything like that. So I, I ran the whole statement and then I kind of broke it down uh, section by section, what I thought uh, were you know, arguments that maybe could be uh, debated or even debunked. And uh, that's how I went about it. But I, yeah, I did reach out to the USGA. It would have been you know, malfeasance not to. The book is called The Open Question, Ben Hogan and Golf's Most Enduring Controversy. It is your opportunity for yourselves through the words, through the thoughts, through the eyes, through the work of Peter May to become immersed in the question and come to your own conclusion. Uh, Peter, uh, the book I know is available wherever fine books are sold. We wish you the very best with this uh, book. It is one of many for you, and I'm glad that you took up the, the sport of golf in, in this one, and I can't wait to hear the reaction far and wide once people get an opportunity to read it. Well, I appreciate Thank having me on, Matt. Thanks very much. Absolute delight. Thank you very much. That was Peter May joining us on this Friday. All right. There's a lot for us still to go through with you. I want to get you some sound from the leaders at the John Deere Classic. I'll give you an update on what's going on on that leaderboard. Uh, we'll give you an update on what's going on around the world of golf, including how, when, and where you can catch 
all the golf. More of the Fairways of Life show coming up on this Friday as we're broadcasting to you live around the world on digital radio and on television. We're in Sandwich, England in advance of the Open coming up next week. Stay with us. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw, sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then... Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show, folks. Delight to have your company. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've been going through with you today, I've been talking about the Scottish Open and talking about what's going on at the John Deere and, and talking about the U.S. Senior Open. And we even heard from Stephen Ames at the U.S. Senior Open. One who we haven't heard from, he's not leading. He's three shots off the lead. But Dom just loved the way this sound sounded so much from Miguel Angel Jimenez that he wanted to see if you guys could actually figure out what he was saying. I've been playing very solid. I have a lot of chances for birdie. Uh, it's not easy to put the ball close to the holes, but I, I got a chance like a three, four metres uh, very often. And, and at the end, I missed, uh, I missed my, my par pat on the, on the eighth after making a drive. Okay, I hit my second shot just on the, on the upper on the, on the left side with, with my seven wood there. And making a beautiful shot, recovery with that sloppy green there. And then I left my pad like a two and a half meters to the hole. And uh, I thought it was a straight on the ball. Just to break a little bit to the left. And I missed uh, that one for, for par. The only bogey of the other round. No? But I'm playing happy with my game. Happy the way I hit in the ball. Happy the, 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 the thing is going. Not that, that happy with my putter. But uh, I'm going to repair it this afternoon. We love that guy. We love Miguel and El Jimenez. In fact, it was here... A decade ago, when we were in town for the for the the open, and I was with uh, Frankie the Blade and Paulie the Muscleback, and we were in a pub. It was called the King's Head, and it was in uh, Sandwich. It was right right uh, down the down the village here. And who came in but Miguel Angel Jimenez? And we're drinking beers at the bar, and we tried to buy him one. He was like, No, 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 offenders, no. Thank you, no. 
he wanted some he wanted some uh, some wine so before because he knows what he's doing with wine so we had the guy give him a little bit of wine and he tried it it was red of course and he tried the <laughs> he didn't like it and he went someplace else so that was the end of that dom that is classic i love miguel every time i get the opportunity to edit up the stuff for him i'm always texting matt I was texting Matt at like midnight. I don't even know what time it was for him. Not, neither of us sleep at all. We're just awake all the time. And I was literally listening. He had probably four or five minute press conference after his round because he played pretty solid. Um, and I could not get enough of it. I kept listening to it on a loop. And I texted Matt. And I was like, technically speaking, we don't need to air this, but I'm putting it on the show. This is going to yeah. see air. Yeah, I, I only... If I'm being brutally honest, I feel like I only understood maybe half that. You can hear him talk about the eighth hole. There was a tee shot in there, something about his putting. But towards the end, Matt, he's just trailing off. I had no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I can't understand anything he's saying. I'm surprised you could understand him when you were at the pub there. I mean, I love it. I just love it. He just, he, You just want to hang out with him, you know? Oh yeah, he's he's an absolute classic. There's no doubt about that. He's a two under par and three shots off the lead currently. A touredge.com log on there when you get an opportunity. You can see all of their wonderful product line. Their product line is massive. Uh, if you're looking for something in your game, they have it. Maybe you're looking for that magical putter and the wingman putter would be a great one because of the way they design it, the way it fans out. It has a very high what's called MOI, and that stands for moment of inertia, and that's stability at impact because if that face alters, if I actually hold my hands this way, you can see what I mean. Uh, obviously, the ball is going to go offline from what your desired path is, but if it has very high MOI and stability, you can keep it online that much better. Tour edge, pound for pound, the best value in the game. Everything they make carries a lifetime warranty as well. Okay, Sebastian Munoz is tied for the lead at eight under par alongside of Chesson Hadley. Sebastian Munoz is on the golf course right now with the John Deere Classic. He's playing his first hole of the day. It is the 10th hole where he is starting for his round two. We will advise accordingly. And we are about 15 minutes away from Chesson Hadley getting his round started. Uh, He's sharing the lead on the mark of eight under par. And for him, uh, he teed off in that same 10th hole yesterday and he got it going early and it was a pretty hot start. Yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was great. Just from the, I was comfortable early and um, was able to get out of the gates with the birdie, hit some really nice shots kind of right off the bat. And then, um, you know, I saw a couple putts come off the way I wanted it to. And I was, it was just kind of all clicking today, which was great. I thought the golf course was probably in as good a shape as I've ever seen it. I've, I don't know if I've played around here where the ball's like really kind of bounding in the fairways. And I was walking down number ten, and you could feel the firmness in your feet. So the course is in excellent shape. Um, I know it looks like there might be a chance of rain, so hopefully that can stay away from us. But uh, it was just a, a awesome day. Um, great way to get the tournament started for sure. I was. We're probably around 150-ish, and um, you know I think I got 150 points that week, um, which was great. That was unfortunately that was my first top 10 in almost two years, so um, it was uh, it was it was my first top 10 in two years since the 2019 U.S. Open. So it was just great to kind of see some things go my way for the for a change, and um, you know I made a little bit of some some mechanical adjustments that help with that you know you you don't you don't just play good by luck you have to hit the ball where you want to hit it and put it how you want to put it you know it's and, and so it, it was great to do that for for three of the four days obviously the last day was a struggle but it was huge for for the rest of my year it gave me some some much needed momentum that I didn't have Chesson Hadley an eight under par 63 tied atop the leaderboard at the end of round one. He's tied atop the leaderboard right now into round two because Sebastian Munoz has just parred his first hole today. Both players, again, on the mark of eight under par. One shot behind multiple players at seven under. Ches Reeve, Hank Labodia, both at seven under alongside of one Camila Vijegas. And Camila Vijegas reacted to what was a very solid round. Yeah, always. Anytime you play, you, you, you always look back and you say, man, I could have made this and that, but you could have also made bogey here and there so it's just it's I mean you're never going to complain about a seven under start so again I I, I didn't make any bogeys I gave myself chances made some putts here and there and a solid start 
This is where I made my first check, by the way, on the PGA Tour. So 2004, I made my first check here. Uh, I remember parring the nine hole to make the cut, and uh, I got good memories. They, there's great people around around this town. Uh, they they put a great show. They put a great tournament. Uh, John Deere has been supporter of the of, of the PGA Tour and our job for many many years, and I always enjoy being here. All right, uh, Camilo Villegas will be starting the day one shot off the lead currently. We'll see if that lead goes deeper with Sebastian Munoz, one of the co-leaders, actually on the golf course, just getting underway this morning at the John Deere Classic. Now, at the LPGA, the Marathon Classic, uh, Nasa Hatioka has the lead at 10 under par after a 61. You heard me correct, a 61 to open. But the, the LPGA has been rallying around one of their own in Jane Park. Uh, and her baby that is very ill, uh, they, the, a GoFundMe page was set up by Tiffany Joe, and I, I'm going to let Tiffany Joe speak to it. Uh, obviously, it's an emotional issue for everyone involved, and it's something that we want to make sure that the world is, is aware of. It's definitely been like a bit of a roller coaster. Of course, this is just like just an awful situation that I wouldn't ever wish on anyone. But at the same time, just I think the support and the love that Jane and Pete and little Gigi have gotten to experience over the last week has been just super overwhelming. And I mean, it's been a little tough because I feel like people come up to me and I think they're excited to talk to me, but they're really just asking about Jane. But no, it's been so cool. And just like, like right, even walking up 18 today, I was like, I can't wait to turn on my phone and see how the GoFundMe is doing. And like, I definitely didn't imagine that that's, I mean, I did imagine it because everyone loves Jane and Pete and Grace, but at the same time, I just didn't realize that the support would be so overwhelming. Uh, it is overwhelming. It's amazing. Uh, last time I saw it, it was well over $50,000 that has been raised so far in the GoFundMe effort if you want to assist as well. U.S. Senior Open, there are two tied atop the leaderboard, Stephen Ames and Billy Andrade both after shooting opening rounds of five under par. The Scottish Open, players are starting to post and be done with the, with their second round. However, there are other players, as I mentioned earlier, like Lee West, who was just getting underway with his second round now. It is about 10 minutes to two, eight minutes to two, call it here uh, in, in the UK. All right, John Rahm is leading the way, though. He was six under par today. He stands at 11 under par, and he has a two-shot lead over George Kotzea. He was four under on his round today, but he's still got a couple of holes left and a chance to close that gap. Third place belongs to three players, all of them on eight under par. Justin Thomas, Ian Poulter, Thomas Dietrich. And of those three, Thomas Dietrich is three under through five holes to reach that mark of eight under par. So we'll see what uh, where he stands at the end of the day with a – torrid starts such as that sixth place are multiple players on seven under par it includes uh, american uh, ryan palmer at the moment from there let's take a look at some other scores lee westwood is six under par he is currently in a tie for 10th place matthew southgate is amongst the same at five under uh, johannes veerman who featured last week so well is at five under par currently at 10th place very interesting story that he is uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick is only two holes into his round. Remember I was saying some of the players in the afternoon wave are just going out. He'll be starting the day at five under par. Alvaro Quiros is five under. He won't tee off until about 40 minutes from now. Uh, Jamie Donaldson is amongst those tied for 24th. He is at four under par. On the PGA Tour, Sebastian Munoz, Cheston Hadley still on the mark of eight under par because Sebastian Munoz is on his second hole of the day. As I mentioned to you, he parred the first, again, both standing on eight under par. You know, every professional golfer's journey to success is just like anyone else in any other facet of life, I suppose, is different. But a few careers, very few get a shot in the arm like our next guest will be getting with what she has accomplished so far. Lucrezia Colomboto Rosso is not likely a name that you're probably familiar with yet, but you will be soon. She was born in Italy. Uh, she was a top 50 amateur in the world and second-ranked Italian. In 2015, she won both the Italian Stroke Play and the Match Play Championship, a feat that had not been accomplished by a female golfer in more than a quarter century. She turned professional in 2016 at the age of 20, and after a few successful years in the LET Access Series, that's like the Corn Ferry Tour is the PGA Tour for those of you back 
in the United States. She earned her card in the Ladies European Tour for 2020 and promptly collected a couple of top 10 finishes. Now at only 25 years old, she's living her dream in the LET and progressing as a golfer with every passing day. So you're probably wondering where the shot in the arm comes from. Right here is your answer. The Olympics are just a few short weeks away and Italy has two slots in it. The first will go to Giulietta Molinari and the second to our next guest who now can call herself forevermore an Olympian and will have the honor of representing her country in Tokyo. Lucrezia, welcome to the program. It is an absolute delight to have you, to digitally meet you, and I guess to say congratulations on the Olympics. Thank you very much. Hello, Matt. Thank you for inviting me. It's an absolute delight to have you. Now, Dominic tells me I believe you're in France right now. Yes, I am. I am am at home right now. Oh, good. Well, we're glad you're getting a chance to rest a little bit. What is going on with you right now? What's going on with your season? So right now I had to withdraw from unlucky, unfortunately, from two tournaments because I injured myself to the right arm. So I'm taking three weeks off. Yeah, it's not funny at all. And uh, I'm taking three weeks off because I have a problem in my right tendon. So I have to recover quickly. And uh, yeah, so I hope it will be perfect for the Olympic Games and I can recover quickly. May I ask you, you re- reveal what you feel comfortable with, Lucrecia, please, but may I ask you what you did to the right arm? And because you're on camera, where is the pain? Uh, it's just here. So it's the the forearm. And yep. I don't know what I've done. I would have loved to <laughs> to know what I've done if I slipped or something. But apparently it's something muscular that I can't, uh, I can do something. And I just need to do some electro, uh, electro waves, shock waves. Yep. And uh, I just need to, to recover. I can't do anything right now. That's so okay. Well, I rest, can play rest. until the Olympics. Well, that's exciting too. And rest, I'm sure, will do you very well. When you found out that you were going to be representing Italy in the Olympic Games, how did you find out and what was your initial immediate reaction? Uh, so if they told me five years ago uh, that I would have played, I wouldn't have believed them. But uh, last year and two two years ago, I had some good seasons. Uh, I was playing great, and uh, and then this year I knew that I could make it because I was always reserve or first reserve, and then I just played some tournaments and I knew I could make it, and uh, it was a big goal that I had in the season, and uh, I hope to perform well and to compete among the best players in the world. It's going to be an incredible experience. I'm sure it's going to be an incredible experience. We're very excited about it. When you knew you were going to be an Olympian, who did you call first? I knew it until the last, really until the last minute. And it was the the president of the Italian Federation that called me because he had a meeting. And they told him, ah, yeah, she's playing because the two couple, the last two couple of weeks, I I didn't make the cut. So I was really on the border and I was... uh, I was nearly not realizing that I was going to play them, so it was really on the border, but uh, then I managed and I received a call and I was super excited. And did you call family or friends first? Who did you communicate with to let them know you were going to be an Olympian representing Italy? I called immediately my dad because he's the one that uh, put me into golf and my family, of course, and then I called my coach. So it was really a a great news. (laughs) Yeah. Were, were there tears on either side when you were making these calls? Yeah, of course. Of course, when I received the first call from the president of the Italian Federation, I was I was nearly crying, super emotional. But it so... uh, it's something, it's a process. So when you reach a goal, it's always uh, uh, that you never, the, the hard work uh, pays off and uh, you need to understand that golf, it's a hard game. So you can realize whatever you want. It's tremendous. And I know, like you said, you're going to be resting and doing and taking care of your, your arm, uh, your forearm to make sure that, that you're able to compete at, at your very best when you get to Tokyo. Uh, are you, your plan is to, as you, as you mentioned, I think you said you're going to leave in what, three weeks from now? I'm going to leave in three weeks from now. I have to go before in Rome to do all the anti-doping tests and to be with the Italian Federation at the Coni Center. So, and then from there, we're leaving for Japan. When you have something of this stature, 
uh, the Olympic Games, and you forevermore are going to be able to say that you were an Olympian. And I hope that that hits you with with as much uh, significance as it deserves. Uh, do you see something like that as a progression in your career that can only help you get better and get stronger if from confidence alone as you move forward? Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's another step in the... I'm like a house. You need to build bricks by bricks. I'm not a phenomenon, so I'm building it and I'm halfway on my in my career and I hope it will be better with no injuries, but you never know. And uh, I'm just halfway, but it gives me confidence because... It means that I'm working in the right direction. And if I am playing them, it's because I earned my place. And I hope uh, I will earn it as well in uh, other tournaments. It's tremendous. Lucrezia, whenever we have touring professionals on the program, we always give them an opportunity to share with the world who your sponsors are, who, who these companies that you've aligned yourself with to help you do your thing. Do you have any sponsors you'd like to mention today on the show? I would like to mention Amundi. That is an asset management and it's sponsoring the Avian Championship. So it's my my main sponsor. Then I have Chervo, TaylorMade. Uh, I have an association. It's called Instituto Ayrton Senna. It's for a good cause and it's for helping children in Brazil to, for their education. So it's a non-profit. And, uh, and then I have as well SoftX that it, they, they make softwares and they, and I want to thank you all of them because they support me during my, my season and they Absolutely. believe in my dreams. So it's incredible. It is incredible. And it's clear that you also believe in your dreams. And, and that too is, is very refreshing and lovely to see. Uh, as you are probably aware, Lucrecia, I am in England. Uh, I'm in Sandwich, England right now. And this Sunday it's going to be a pretty big event for, for everyone that loves Italy, for everyone that loves England and their fans from around the world. What are you planning to do for Sunday for the big game? Of course, I'm going to watch the, the soccer match and uh, I'm going to cheer for my team, the Italian team. And I'm a, I'm a big fanatic. And it's, when it's time to cheer for Italy and started screaming, we're always there. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch it in front with a pizza and some friends and, Hoping to to scream <laughs> to scream about uh, a win. Well, a few weeks down the road, we're going to be screaming for the very best for you as well in the Olympic Games. Thank you very much for Thank joining you. us. Good luck with the healing on the arm, and we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye. It's amazing. It's so so cool to get an opportunity. Uh, Dom has been reaching out. Uh, Andrew, you can bring Dom if you would, because I'd like I'd like to go through some of the air times as well. I mean, Dom, I know you've been reaching out to a lot of these Olympians, and it is so neat to get a chance to speak to them and share that enthusiasm. I think it's more than neat. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to do this, our season is very busy, very busy, and there's a lot of important golf going on. But I think that in 50 years, when we look back at this time, if you are a golfer, a professional golfer, and you happen to have been lucky enough to have participated in the Olympics, it will, looking back, will be one of, if not the highlights of your entire career. And I kind of see that already. And so I, I want to have these golfers on as many as we can. I know it's, it's a short time frame because they, they just closed off who's actually in the Olympics now. And a lot of these athletes are leaving in the next 10 to 15 days. I mean, the men play before the women. The women play, I think, it, uh, the week after the men. The men's, I think the first men's event kicks off on, like, the 28th of July or something like that. We'll have to check on that. But um, I think that it could be a, more than a life changer. And for someone like Lucrezia, who we just got the chance to meet, going and playing in an event like this, not only is it a memory of a lifetime, but it wouldn't shock me in the least if she came back to the Ladies European Tour and was a force very quickly uh, because of the confidence that you mentioned and that she was referencing. So uh, it's a thrill for me to get the chance to, to bring these players on, and I love listening to you talk to them. And you can see, you could see in her face, I mean, she was lit up like a light bulb. She's so happy. Almost more so for that Italian soccer game on Sunday, but the Olympics is also pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, you are too. We'll see how that plays itself out on Sunday. It's going to be fun. It was awesome to get a chance to speak with her, and I know you have a lot more 
Olympians in the queue that we're going to be getting to over the days and a uh, couple of weeks that lie before I'll also, us. incidentally, be eating a pizza and watching the game simultaneously. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Sebastian Munoz has birdied his second hole of the day. It's the par four 11th hole. Remember, he started on 10. He has reached a mark of nine under par, and he is one shot now clear of the rest of the field. Chesson Hadley one shot behind him at eight under par, and Chesson Hadley is just teeing off in about two minutes from now himself. John Rahm is leading the way at the Scottish Open. He doesn't have quite the buffer that he had had, though. He's at 11 under par. George Kotsia has just birdied the 17th hole, and he is closed within one. So Kotsia alone in second place at 10 under par, three sharing, third place at eight under. Justin Thomas, Ian Poulter, and Thomas Dietrich, two tied atop the leaderboard at the U.S. Senior Open, and Stephen Ames and Billy Andrade, and Nasa Hateoka leading at 10 under par. She has a four-shot lead on the LPGA. So, Don, before we uh, send everyone on their way on this Friday, how about bringing us up to speed on how, when, and where we can get our golf for, for this weekend? Sure. Uh, let's start with the John Deere Classic, which if you're watching on our TV side, you can see us on Facebook Live, Facebook Watch right now, uh, and various other places. We're all over the place if you're watching again on the TV side. Uh, we, play kicks off today at 3 o'clock uh, on Golf Channel for the John Deere Classic, and this weekend, 1 o'clock on Golf Channel, and, and then it moves to CBS at 3 o'clock uh, on the weekend, and then PGA Tour Live's coverage uh, starts right now. It's already started. You can watch it right now on NBC Sports Gold, uh, and that's going to be on until basically the conclusion of play. There's feature groups as always. Same thing over the weekend, kicking off at 7:45, and PGA Tour Radio's coverage starts at noon. That's on PGATour.com. You can catch that, and that moves to 1 p.m. on the weekend. The U.S. Senior Open is also going on a major championship. It's great to hear from Jimenez earlier. I have no idea what he said. Uh, that kicks off. That's split between Peacock and Golf Channel. So at noon today, you can watch it on Peacock, which, again, is free. You can download it like you download Hulu or YouTube TV or whatever app you use to watch your content. And then it'll move to Golf Channel from 1 to 3 and then again from 6 to 8. So a ton of coverage of a major championship in the world of golf at the U.S. Senior Open, which is at the Omaha Country Club. And then on the weekend, it's 3 o'clock on Peacock, and then it moves to Golf Channel 4 o'clock. Uh, the Scottish Open is happening right now. And uh, you've been getting leaderboard updates all, all day long. And as soon as we get off here, you should just switch right over to Golf Channel. You can catch the Scottish Open happening right now. And then again, as always, I talked to Matt about it on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. There's nothing better than getting up and drinking your coffee and having some eggs and watching some championship golf. So the Scottish Open will be on at 7 in the morning on Golf Channel uh, all weekend long. And then the Marathon Classic on the LPGA Tour. Uh, uh, it's, it's on tonight at 9 o'clock. That's actually tape-delayed coverage. You can, if you would like to watch it live, I believe Golf Channel is streaming the coverage through their, through their app um, in the afternoon. Uh, and then on the weekend, it is live. You can catch coverage at 3 o'clock on Golf Channel on Saturday and on Sunday. A ton of golf going on, Matt. And then obviously with the Open Championship kicking off next week, I mean, there's just so much going on. And we, you know, we just touched on the Olympics happening in, in, in what feels like 10 days. So uh, it's just this we are right. And it's, it's, it's crazy for us. It's chaotic. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. But it's exciting because we are right in the meat right now of the golf season. And there is so much going on across the spectrum. And it's really exciting stuff. It, it is indeed. I'm, I'm super excited about the, the next few days, the next week, because the open lies in stores. So assuming everything goes well with my testing tomorrow, I have to do the the test to release scheme, as they call it. So if that goes well, then I'm going to be able by Sunday, hopefully I'll be able to move about as I please here in Great Britain on Monday. Our plan is to broadcast live from Royal St. George's. It's about I don't even think it's two miles away from where I'm sitting right now, but to be inside of the media center there and to be set up and to bring you all the sights and sounds from the last major championship of the year on the men's side of the game. Cannot wait. My hope is, is that you guys have a great Friday, that you guys have a great weekend and very much looking forward to reviewing it all with you on Monday as to what happened and then jumping right into what may happen at the Open Championship, includes, including all of the interviews and press conferences that will start to queue up at that time. Until then, goodbye and be well for now.